All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Arkansas Weekend Review. It is November 5th, um, and this is Austin Bailey. Lindsay Miller's out today, but the best news that you have heard in a while is that Max Brantley is back in action. He's here after being gone for a couple weeks, uh, greatly missed. So uh, we'll hear what he has to say about everything that happened while he was gone. Max, did you pay attention to anything happening while you were gone? What? Well, just a little bit. There were a few odds and ends that caught my attention. I thought you did a good story yesterday on redistricting. Don't know if you were going to mention it, but but I, I do think that uh, it's worth mentioning because I think the general coverage has let the Republicans spin the process as if it was some fair and even-handed thing, when of course it wasn't, and and nobody should have expected it to be. Yeah, you know, the thing about it is it's so complex for average Joes and I mean by that, I mean me to to really get my my arms around exactly uh, what's different, and um, you know the the interactive maps that that the that the board of apportionment offered are, are really kind of not that interactive. Um, so it's taking all everybody kind of a while to, to to figure out what exactly the new maps mean. Um, but I mean, not surprising anyone. What they mean is that you know the Republicans had the advantage and, and took it. Right. I mean, the, the board is made up of the governor, attorney general, secretary of state. They're all Republican. Nobody expected them to do anything but to draw lines to their advantage. That's the way the process works. I think the thing that bothered me was was the attempt by the governor to to, to say what a great job they'd done protecting minority interests and how fair it was. And the same kind of garbage from Betty Dickey, who was the, was the staff person in charge. As, as you noted, there were been some statistical analysis that says if you analyze the new districts based on past voting pa patterns for president, that they've increased the number of districts in which it's likely the Republicans will be elected. And also, I guess the, the most egregious thing was the one you wrote about extensively today, which is the fact that they really screwed Megan Godfrey, who's just a wonderful Democratic state representative from Springdale. They lopped off the biggest part of her her majority support and put in some conservative areas instead of her district. And I think it'll make it difficult for her to run again. And I think that was the idea. They want to shift that seat to Republican. And so sure. that's, what they, that's what they do. I mean, I, and, and, you know, but doing it under the guise of creating a Latino district, particularly since we don't really know yet what numbers were used in, in formulating these districts. That may be a majority Latino population in this district they created. I'd be very surprised if it's a majority Latino registered voting district, which is which is a critical issue. And and so and I think that's going to prove to be the same in some of these other so-called minority districts where they pack African-American neighborhoods so as to make it more difficult to have swing districts elsewhere. So mm -hmm. they put three, three, uh, three representatives, uh, two of them Democrat and one a former Democrat in the same district in East Arkansas. They may end up electing a black representative in that district, but they're going to lose two other seats over there. And that, again, some of that's just a product of population shift. When you look at the maps of, of how, how much population has been lost nearly everywhere south of the Arkansas River in Arkansas, some of this just had to happen because most of the growth was in Republican Northwest Arkansas and to a lesser degree in Central Arkansas and some pockets around Jonesboro. And so some of these shifts were unavoidable. I, I, I would have to admit that. Sure. So 
what do you think? So people have 30 days to weigh in. Um, I think most people are, are either still trying to figure out what's going on or maybe have given up or are, you know, d deep down in the, in the maps kind of plotting the numbers and figuring it out. What, what do you think the chances are that um, there will be any changes from the maps that are, that we're seeing right now? Unless there is a, a Republican with some clout who feels like he or she has been screwed, I would predict very little changes. You know, there was a pretty good comment by Steve Smith on your article on Megan Godfrey, who, where everybody seems to say this, this redistricting that the jacked her around just happened by magic. Nobody really knows how it happened. Well, those lines were drawn on purpose by somebody with a, with a, with a result that buys. And they're not owning up to it. If there's any shame in the Republican Party and on the part of the governor, you might think they'd take a second look at that, but not when it was designed to eliminate a Democratic office holder in Northwest Arkansas. I just don't, I don't see any hope for anything changing there. That's just, that's just the way they are. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I it'll be interesting to see, I guess, on there, November. There, there is a chance that some people who were particularly hard on uh, the governor uh, might face some slightly more difficult election districts on the Republican side. One of those, uh, Dan Sullivan up in Northeast Arkansas, maybe might have a little bit more different, difficult district. I, I don't know. They, they, uh, they apparently considered uh, jacking around Trent Garner, who certainly is richly deserving of whatever punishment can be laid upon him, but decided not to do it. So, so I don't know. The Democrats are going to lose a seat in the Senate uh, because Larry Teague, who's term limited, uh, if there was any chance his district still leaned Democrat, which was probably not likely anyway, and he wasn't much of a Democrat to begin but the with. But the Teague leans Democrat himself. No, yeah, no. I mean, he was not a very reliable Democratic voter in any case, and so it's not a great loss. But he is. Once in a while, he'd vote right, which is with a Republican legislator that it's almost never. So, but anyway, he he's gone, so they'll increase their numbers in the Senate yet again. And I, I still am anxious to see some of the thoughts on what they've done in Pulaski County on on two seats that have been held by African American women, the Chesterfield and uh, Joyce Elliott seats. Mm -hmm. They they've been changed pretty dramatically. Have they? Have you taken a look? What 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 are what do you think? Well, uh, uh, Joyce Elliott's uh, district has has expanded into into downtown North Little Rock. I think farther than what it did. I suspect some of this is to make the Senate seats in North Pulaski much harder for a Democrat to challenge a Republican. Hmm. And this district down in Southwest Little Rock, I you know I don't know. It's kind of interesting. I mean that that has to be viewed as Democratic likely, but but who knows? And Joyce isn't going to run again, and so she's she's done. And mm -hmm. so I, there there are a lot of open questions, and I I've really been surprised at how little has been said by and large, and how little examination has been given by reporters. Although we don't have many reporters left, you know, in Arkansas, and so they're they're spread kind of thin. And absolutely, so yeah. there's only so much they can do. Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping. My my hope is that you know, it's complex. So people are having to kind of take their time and figure it out. Maybe there will be, there will be more forthcoming. We'll see. Um, 
let's see, one thing that uh, has been getting uh, reported on a bit, uh, as usual lately, is COVID. It's been a very, like, up and down week. It's great. All my friends' kids are getting vaccinated as soon as, you know, as soon as that got approved. Like, all my text threads, everyone's like, where can you get it? Walgreens in North Little Rock. Go to the health department. Everyone's trying to get their vaccine. Good news about these COVID pills. Um, but then, you know, it's it's such a strange kind of thing to wrap your head around. We're, we're pushing these vaccines, and then we're going to also sue the federal government because we don't want right. to have I, it, It's uh, the, the Republican uh, brain melt is, is really something to behold. I mean, you have a governor who says vaccinations are the way out, but he screams about vaccination mandates and says that, oh, they'll discourage, they'll make people bow their backs and not get vaccinated. Well, listen, we've been living for two years in a state that has no mandates and we have one of the lowest vaccination rates in the country. I don't see how it could get any worse than it already is. And by, and by demagoguing how quickly he's going to sue, and of course, Leslie Rutledge has already, already sued, I think, on two different elements of the vaccination rules in the Biden administration, uh, it sends a message that you're right to resist. I mean, right. you, can't, you, you can't have it both ways. You can't say, get vaccinated, but I'm going to fight any rule that gives you a real good reason to get vaccinated. And we know mandates work. We know they work. Tyson Foods imposed a mandate to, to keep its workers and its customers healthy, and it had a 96% rate. They said thousands of New York City cops were going to refuse to be vaccinated and dare them to fire them, and, and, and if the deadline, a grand total of 34 of them said they wouldn't do it out of thousands and thousands of cops in New York City. So we know they work, and, and Ace offered this kind of BS explanation yesterday. Well, different businesses have different circumstances. What? What difference? It's okay to die in some businesses and not in others. It's okay to infect your customers. And it's particularly galling to hear him be really upset about making people get vaccinated who work with compromised people in the state's mental health and developmentally disabled institutions. Those people don't deserve more protection out of the healthcare workers. He said, well, some of those people might lose their jobs. Not if they get the shots, they won't lose their jobs. Well, anyway, I, it's... Uh, it's apparently an issue. The polls show that vaccinations in Republican areas particularly don't enjoy uh, majority support. Although even in Arkansas, I think we're nearing 50 percent of the population having been vaccinated. There's nationwide, it's 70 percent of adults. I mean, there's majority support, however grudgingly, that getting a vaccination is the right thing to do. Yet Republicans see a winner in encouraging the minority many of whom are, are frankly just stupid. You know, I mean, that's all. They're just, some people have some legitimate objections. Some people have some medical reasons. I don't accept that there's really any particular religious reason that mm -hmm. holds water, but yeah, but, uh, but it's, but it's minority, you know, it's noisy minority rules and it's just, it, this is happening over and over again in the U.S., and it's kind of one of the most developing, uh, distressing developments of the recent political times. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised, honestly, that you that you came back. I thought you might would, would stay overseas for a while. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, it's, it's tempting. I, I was in uh, Italy, France, Spain, and England, and uh, the much greater compliance with, with safety measures in all those countries, I have to say. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really enjoyed following along on your your pictures on Facebook, and I I loved that you went over there and I and I don't I don't know if you were in Italy or Spain, but you were wearing shorts and <laughs> and uh, you know I'm sure that the Europeans were like, oh, an American is here, like that's a or or a German. A lot of Germans wear shorts too. Right. Yeah, with sandals. Right. That's their signature signature yeah, no, look. No, no sandals for me. No, no sandals. Okay. Okay. Well, t hey, so um, you, you did, uh, I know this doesn't have much to do with Arkansas, unless you're trying to flee the state, in which case this is good information to have. You had a, you had to jump through a bunch of hoops to, to get out of here. Well, uh, I think it's worth knowing. First of all, I understand that not everybody can travel and I'm very fortunate to be able to do it. And we had been on the sidelines almost entirely for 20 months. And my wife particularly was just had cabin fever and she said, we've been triply vaccinated. We had the booster. We're going to go. I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm going to do it and devil take the hindmost. And so we did, but we find that there's, you know, there's just an awful lot of hoops you have to jump through before our trip was over beginning to end. We, we got tested four times for COVID once by PCR tests and three times by antigen tests. We had to get a uh, European, lo uh, an English locator form. This is something that, that helps contact tracing if you get sick to just pass through the London airport to connect to a flight to Rome. We were only there for an hour and a half, but we had to go through this process and had to show that we'd been vaccinated. To get into Italy, we had to show that we'd been vaccinated and that we'd had a, uh, a negative PCR test, which we could only get three days before we left, which we got in Little Rock. Uh, and you had to have this European Union locator form to enter these various countries. And we had to take another antigen test to get into Spain. And then after we went back to England, we had to take another antigen test two days after we got there to show we were negative or else we'd been placed in quarantine. And so there's, you know, there's just a, there's just a lot of stuff that we went on a one week cruise on a cruise ship that you had to prove you were vaccinated and you'd tested negatively. And they had a, a test set up in the cruise terminal then wouldn't let you on the ship until you tested negative. So, and, and on the ship, you had to wear a mask all the time, uh, in, when you were in public areas. So, yeah, so there are a lot, lot. There, there are a lot of people that are taking this very seriously. And, and that, that, and in Spain, particularly a lot of people wearing masks, even on the street. I mean, you're not required to, but a lot, I, some of it's just sort of ease. Once you've got it on, you might as well just keep it on. Mm -hmm. And, and, and in Italy, in France, both, they essentially have a passport program. I'm told that sometimes you can show your American vaccination card and that'll get you inside. But in Italy, I went into McDonald's and they said, you can't, you can't have a cup of coffee inside here unless you have the green card, which is what Italy requires to proof of vaccination. And so that's just, you know, you can sit outside on the terrace and the weather's nice. That's okay. So that, it was all it was all kind of interesting, particularly with the backdrop of all this noise from Arkansas Republican politicians and the and the pushback from people here against wearing masks to school or getting vaccinated and the government telling you what to do. Uh, I think some of those countries have had better success in holding down the, the covid rate. And and so, I, you know, you have to conclude some of these things help. There's good news on the vaccination on the COVID front today and, and yesterday. They're now very close to approving two pills that can be used to treat COVID, which is a lot better than intravenous kind of stuff. And 
and they seem to have great success in, in reducing the severity of the disease. I mean, there are hopeful signs, but I still think for people who want to travel that, uh, you know, it's hard to predict when normal will ever return again, if, if at all. Gotcha. And, and, and the, in the U S getting back into the country, you know, you, uh, you had to, you had to demonstrate that you had taken a, that you'd had a negative COVID test, uh, within 48 hours of getting on your plane. We had to do that in London and you had to show that you've been vaccinated. And when we got off the plane in Dallas, they said, have your, have in your hand, your vaccination card and your proof of your test. They didn't end up checking it, but, uh, and it had been checked in the airport to begin with by, by American airlines, but there's just, a, and, and I have to say, I, I noticed somebody commented on what I wrote saying, oh, they went to Italy and it wasn't any problem. And, and maybe they're more technically savvy than I am, but I mean, I, I know how to do a lot of things, take pictures of my cell phone, download PDFs, load them to websites. I mean, I know roughly how to do this, but it wasn't always easy, you know? And I think, I mean, you couldn't have done this without a smartphone, period. I mean, no way. Mm-hmm. And it's be- And it's better if you have the ability to take something that you have on your smartphone in a digital form and print it. But, you know, you may be someplace you can print something and maybe you're not. We stayed at one hotel where the, the front desk would print some stuff for us. And so we had backups of everything, but it's, uh, they're just, it's just not as easy as it used to be. That's all in, in between it was fine. I gotcha. <laughs> but, but, but there, well, there we, were a lot of hiccups. We are particularly glad that you printed out the things you needed to print out to get back. Um, we're, we're, we're glad you're back. What, um, so tell me, um, what, I, I always like to hear this. What movies did you watch on the planes? Anything good? Well, I watched five movies coming back because it was a daytime flight. And I love this movie where Luke Wilson is the coach of an orphan football team in Texas in, in the 1930s, 12 orphans. I mean, it was just a saccharine sweet story based on real life. And I loved it. And I loved a movie called In Limbo about the holding of some immigrants seeking asylum in England in this really remote, windswept, snowy, Scottish Island and sort of the culture clash between guys from Syria and Africa with people in Scotland. It was, it was a very enjoyable little movie. And there was a weird little 30 minute Pedro Almodovar movie with sort of a one woman show with Tilda Swinton, who's broken up or her husband's broken up with her and she's going crazy. And that was kind of interesting. So, so those were, those kind of stick out. They were pretty good. That's good. That's good. Uh, I don't have anything else on my list. I mean, my main thing was to hear about the plane movies. They're always so good. Anything else well, we should I, talk about? I will say, I will say this. Uh, one thing we had a, a plane hiccup or flying back to Little Rock and I plan, I wanted to be damn sure I voted in the school election, oh, particularly yeah. after I, after I read the Arkansas Democrat Gazette, not once, but twice trashed it. And I wanted, I was going to move heaven. I thought the results were going to be fine but I wanted to be sure my voice counted. And uh, we were 30 minutes later getting into town than we thought, but I got home and, and my battery was dead in my car. So I had to get a taxi home to, to my house to get another car. And we got to the polling place, I guess, 14 minutes before it closed. But that wasn't, that wasn't a problem because there wasn't anybody else voting. So our votes were heard and I was tickled to death to see a three to one vote 
in favor of the, the tax millage for the Little Rock Schools after it had twice been trashed by the so-called statewide newspaper. Yeah, yeah, uh, that was good. What do you think is going to so, happen uh, for the library? Well, you know, I think it's a, it's sort of a carbon copy campaign. They're going to reach out to dedicated library supporters. The library is popular. I, I saw even the Democrat Gazette, which can't bring itself to endorse a tax increase kind of damned the library with faint praise saying, well, yeah, you know, they do some pretty good things and maybe their maybe they're, they're budget isn't that big. They didn't mention that the plan is, is this tax passes to reduce a, a tax on for capital improvements that's, that's paid for everything already. But in, but in any case, I, I feel pretty good about it. There doesn't seem to be organized opposition. I was afraid they were going to fire up something like we've been seeing at school boards about the dirty books the library checks out. These they've got some soft porn audio books that some <laughs> woman's some woman's raised cane about, and but can, that can seems to be just that? Some, yeah. what's that? I, I would like I I think that we should suss out the list of these good books that we all know we're going to have maybe start a book club. Oh, they're they're kind of racy. They're like you know, hot skin and cold cash, or good times with a bad girl, or something like that. You know. <laughs> You know, I mean, they're, they're, they're those. I mean, they're, they're they are what they are, and and they get they get pretty good use. And I mean, you know, it's just a, it's it's just a thing. You know, I mean, people can people can read dirty books if they want. You know, yeah. I I don't know. I mean, what's Lady Chatterley's Lover or something? I, I don't. Uh, know, but yeah, but so anyway, good. so far it looks like. I, I mean, I, I feel good about it, but I, I think. Nobody should take it for granted. And if you haven't voted, you should vote for the library. Perfect. Perfect. Well, on that note, uh, I think we'll call it a week. Thank you very much. Glad you're home. Talk to you next week. Thanks a lot, Austin. Right. We'll see you. Thanks. Bye. Bye.